He's always like three minutes before the show gets underway and he's here, which is great. No one needs him any any bit below that or before that at all. It's just like it's always that exact time, and then he kind of pushes it a little bit more and more. I'm just convinced he just sits in his car and waits for the time to roll in. Jake Morin is the type of guy that shows up three hours early, and that's just how he does. That's how he operates. Show starts at 7. I'm pretty sure he's here at 1 o'clock in the afternoon getting himself all prepped and ready to go. So I wasn't worried about him. And then there's me. I get in here with decent amount of time, but I left early today to make sure because this weather, I don't know how it happened so fast, but it all happened so fast. Honestly, the, the biggest worry I have is I don't know what happens to the the leaves. So I, I raked up a little bit more, uh, raked up, I don't rake up anything. I, I blow with my windblower the leaves into the parts of the corner that they need to go into. And then the tree line pickup happens, right? And I, so I had done a good job. I gotten ahead of the whole leaf surface and, and a surface and all this stuff. And I was doing great. And then there was a little bit more because I went, uh, I went earlier than everyone else and then more fell and then I went again and, and more fell. And so I had more and I put them on the tree line and it never got picked up and then it snowed. And I'm worried that my grass is just ruined now. That's really, that's my worry. I'm worried that my grass is ruined. Other thing out of this, I did get one out of my snowplow guy. So it's funny, I I refuse to pay for anyone to take care of my lawn because I can take care of my lawn and it's not a big deal. But I'm on the east side. If you're on the east side, you pay the couple hundred bucks, you get the snowplow guy, it just is what it is. It's not really a big deal. Last year, though, I like I counted. The snowplow guy came four times to my house. Four times. It's like 200 bucks. I'm like, 50 bucks a plow? How did this happen? I need more bang for my buck. Well, it's... November 28th, I got one done today, but I wasn't happy about it because if I, if he comes seven or eight times, that means I got seven or eight absolute blizzards to work through. I'm not pleased with that development either. So I hope you guys made it to wherever you need to go safe. I hope you guys are safe out on the roadways. All things considered, I would say props to the people that are in charge. I thought they did a fantastic job of making sure that by the time I needed to use the roadways, everything was safe. And I didn't say, I didn't get a sense that there were a bunch of accidents or a bunch of any uh, major issues or anything like that. So I hope you guys are all keeping yourself relatively safe. Now, a couple things for tonight's show. Dominic Alford, former Browns offensive lineman, uh, also played in the Big Ten as well. Big Buckeye fan, but he played for Minnesota. He's going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. I'm excited to talk to Dominic. have not had him on the show yet, so he'll make his overtime with Jonathan Pito in debut. He'll join us at 8. We do have a college football playoff committee release happening. Now, in weeks past when they've released it at 7 o'clock or said they're releasing it at 7 o'clock, it's typically come around 7.20 or so. I don't know if they're going to milk this thing. I don't know if they're going to be quick about it. Are they in the hurry-up offense? No idea. I'll let you guys know as soon as I know. That'll be the promise that we can make each other to each other, right? The moment the Buckeyes are announced they're the number fifth team in the country, I'll let you guys know that they're just missing the postseason. And that's fine. And then we can talk about it for a very brief amount of time, but I don't think you guys are really truly that interested in it. But, hey, that's the gig. They're starting to do the top 10 right now, so maybe they actually, maybe they are in the hurry-up offense. Penn State at number 10? Good for Penn State. I'll keep you posted. We'll go through this as soon as we know more about it. Kind of, to me, it feels like, like, why would you want to know after you know that the Buckeyes aren't going to be getting in? Why would you care? Why would you have interest in that? Maybe you're holding on to some hope that there's an outside chance, but I'm, I was looking at it earlier. There's a lot of things that need to happen for the Buckeyes to end up inside the playoff, and I, don't, I just don't forecast any of them happening. 
as if I'm a weather guy. I forecast these things. I just couldn't find it. So I'll let you guys know what that is when that happens. All right, two one six four seven four double ninety two. Where I want to start with you guys, though, is obviously the Browns. I feel like I'm going to say the quiet part out loud here. And sometimes when you do that, it ruffles some feathers. And other times it's one of those moments where it just makes so much sense that nobody's going to have a good answer in return. I don't want this convo to stall out like a vehicle on the highway. I want to keep this thing going. But I'm in search of answers because I feel like we have another example of this team shooting itself in the foot in a way that makes no sense to me. Another example of this team just being bad when it comes to the handling of quarterbacks in ways that are outside of what they actually do with them on the field. But it's Tuesday, and I gave everyone involved that has the platforms to have it, and I gave everyone involved, that includes you guys, the callers as well, that includes you tweeters, Twitter reactions brought to you by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. I gave you guys all a chance. I said, I'm going to bury this one. I'm not going to go down this road. I'm not going to do it. I gave you a chance until after the game, and then now until Tuesday. I would have done it yesterday if I had a full five-hour show, but I don't on Mondays. I got the short show, The Express. Why was Joe Flacco not ready in time? Someone just give me an answer. Give me a good answer. Let me into the logic. Why is it that Joe Flacco wasn't able to be able to be put in the position to be the backup quarterback on Sunday? I know he wasn't eligible because the Browns didn't promote him up from the practice squad in time for the game, but I'm wondering why that was the case. I know by the letter of the NFL, and I know we didn't dress on Sunday, I know they didn't make the proper steps and take the proper steps to once again figure out what would happen in the worst-case scenario. And this is my problem with the Browns in 2023. They've, they've not once thought about what happens, what do I do if the worst thing in the most important position in the sport happens. They failed to think about what would happen if Deshaun Watson got injured and had to miss the entire season. That's how we stayed with P.J. Walker and DTR, because if they had really thought it through, they would have made a deal at the deadline. But remember, they they only missed Deshaun Watson for a couple games, and then he was set to come back. And again, they're like, oh, well, I guess we'll be fine. I guess we'll be okay. And you fast forward, uh, lie detector turns out that was a lie. I don't know what to do with this team. How in so many instances this year can you fail to give the proper respect to the backup quarterback position? When DTR got injured, there was 11 seconds left in the third quarter. The Browns were down five. The score was 17 to 12. The score was not 37 to 12. It was 17 to 12. What am I missing here? Before the game, they made the decision to not have Flacco as the backup, and it feels like another misstep by the Browns. This one, it's not going to go overlooked by me. I just don't get how it went overlooked by them. Did they sign Flacco to ever actually use him, or is he just the novelty of it all? Is he like one of those elephants on YouTube that can paint? Just a novelty? If you can't throw Flacco into the mix, then what did you get him for? Last year, the Rams tossed Baker Mayfield into the mix after John Walford got injured in the first series. He was on the team for a whopping 48 hours. In the post-game press conference, after that game, he had to ask reporters where to go to go to his locker room. 
Think about that. He got the win, and that's all anyone remembers. This year, Josh Dobbs, very similar story. I'm not saying that the Browns should have started Joe Flacco. That's not what happened in either one of those cases as well. You had six days. What part of Joe Flacco, who was hired for his ability to be a pro and be smart, what part of Joe Flacco wasn't ready to go? And how is that not a pure reflection on the coaching staff, on the Browns, and everybody else? Our buddy Nick Wilson had a good joke after the game. It's like, uh, yeah, P.J. Walker came in, threw his customary two picks, uh, two turnovers, and uh, and left, and he did it all in a quarter. How great. It's like, yeah, everyone knows. P.J. Walker, I'm going to go into Stephen A. Smith in a second. The Duke can't play. Kwame Brown. The Duke can't play. That's what I think about when I think about P.J. Walker. The Duke can't play. He's not a good quarterback. I know that. You know that. The Browns should know that as well. What part of Joe Flacco wasn't there to be the break glass in case of emergency? Why wasn't he dressed? Why wasn't he on the sideline? And you want to tell me it's because you wanted to, uh, you know, keep some extra player or something because you needed to keep PJ Walker on the team, which first off, by, if you had to send PJ Walker to the practice squad and you were worried about him not clearing waivers, I can tell you right now, no team was picking him up. Not really an issue you would have had. Not really breaking new news there. But what part of the Browns failed to understand what was really going on here? And what part of the Browns thought a 39-year-old veteran wasn't able to get up to speed to learn how to promptly hand the ball off to Jerome Ford and be a checkdown Charlie? What part of the Browns thought they couldn't get this extremely complex, uh, ridiculous game plan that Kevin Stefanski puts out there? At what part did they think that that was just so above Joe Flacco's peanut-sized brain? I mean, are we kidding me? The dude's been in the league longer than Jake Murren's been alive. He's been he's been playing football forever. He knows how to do this. And you want to just give him a really simple, really simple plan just in case the worst case scenario happens with DTR, then do it. I, I just don't understand the lack of urgency attached to any of this. I don't understand why they're walking through this season like they got a bunch of games they can afford to lose. While they're walking through this season, they say, well, we're a seven-win team. It's all right. Uh, hey, Joe, take your time. Uh, treat this one like a vacation. I don't know if you want to just do you want us to de- deposit the money right into your 401k or would you like to do something special with it instead? Whatever's, whatever's interested with you, just get back to us. Let us know. Like, what are we doing? All right. The college football playoff committee was fast. I want your guys' opinions, though. 216474-0092. Why was Flacco not ready in time? It goes Georgia 1. It goes Michigan 2. It goes Washington 3, Florida State 4, Oregon 5, Ohio State 6th. So my impression of that is that they are making sure and locking in the winner of the Pac-12 championship goes. I mean, that's, that's basically what it is. It's either a, a one-loss Washington team or it's an Oregon team. If Oregon wins, it's an Oregon team that's got one loss, but they won the Pac-12 title, so obviously they'd be ahead of the Buckeyes there as well. That just seems to make sense to me. I wondered if Oregon wasn't going to get ahead of Ohio State in this one. You could make a case that they're playing better than anyone over the latter part of the season. I think Bo Nix is a million times better than what Washington currently is. Penix, I watched that second half against Oregon State. I thought he was dog doo-doo. I thought in, in, in its entirety, I thought they should have lost to Oregon State by a long shot, and I bet them 
I bet them before the game got underway, and I was like, ooh, ooh, I see why they weren't favorites in this one. The 31-7 win Oregon had over Oregon State was their first against a team in the rankings this year. Their only loss of this season was against Washington. They'll avenge that in the Pac-12 title game. Oregon's, I believe, like nine or nine-and-a-half-point favorites. No worries there, but I am surprised the committee put them above Ohio State. I thought Ohio State would get the fifth nod, the number five slot. Now, I haven't seen beyond that. Is a uh, Hey, Michael, did you see it all? Is it Texas, then Alabama, then Missouri and Penn State? Or do they flip-flop Alabama and Texas? Yeah, Texas was at seven. That and makes sense. Yeah, Bama eight, Missouri nine. Longhorns destroyed Texas Tech. Their only loss of the year came against Alabama. That one makes sense. Texas deserves to be number seven. Alabama number eight is going to be really interesting if they win the SEC title game. There's a lot that's involved there as well. Ultimately, I think it just shows you, and I think it proves to you guys, uh, whether it was five, whether it was six, Ohio State is not getting a ticket to the college football playoff. That's certainly not happening. There's too many roadblocks in place and too many teams that could end up winning their conference title that would boost them above Ohio State. So, all right, had to get that off our chest here. Had to keep you guys posted on what exactly went down. As we know, this is kind of a little bit of breaking news. But for Ohio State fans, it's exactly what you guys knew on on Saturday when you lost to Michigan. You knew that was it. Blouses. Season was over. Well, the college football playoff committee just told you that, and they did it in a resounding way by putting Oregon above Ohio State at five and not even giving Ohio State the courtesy of being five because Ohio State's one loss to Michigan and a loss by six to Michigan is much better in my eyes currently than Oregon's loss to Washington. doesn't matter because Oregon's going to win the Pac-12 title game and it'll all just get rendered useless. And Oregon will find their way into the college football playoff, and then Washington will slip down more likely than not. But I thought Ohio State would get number five. They get number six in this. That puts a bow on their 2023 season with no games left. All right, 216-474-092. Why was Joe Flacco not ready in time? And do you blame the Browns for taking their sweet time with Joe Flacco? It's overtime with Jonathan Bidlin here with you on the fan. This is definitely one of those topics and definitely one of those discussions where I can't ask the world of you guys in return. But I am curious if you have an answer for me. I'm curious if you have a thought for me on why in the hell Joe Flacco wasn't ready in time. He had six days since officially signing with that team. And the Browns thought for whatever reason, P.J. Walker as the backup was the better option. And, And you guys know it and I know it. P.J. Walker is... Leroy Jenkins. The man just goes rogue. He goes rogue. You can't trust P.J. Walker. Nobody thinks P.J. Walker is good at football. I wouldn't bet your money on P.J. Walker, okay? Why was Joe Flacco not ready? Rams last year won a game where Baker Mayfield, uh, 48 hours prior, landed off of a plane and was claimed off of waivers He got in because John Walford got injured in the first series. Baker Mayfield wins that game on national television Thursday Night Football. The Pastronaut, who maybe maybe lost that name after not being able to complete any passes at all against the Bears in a a gruesome Monday Night Football game. Gruesome for my eyeballs, that is. Joshua Dobbs. Signs by Minnesota within 48 hours is playing for the team and winning ballgames coming off the bench. Hey, I'm not saying Flacco had to be the starter against Denver. 
DTR was the starter, deserved to be the starter. That makes a bunch of sense to me. The part I can't erase from my brain and the part that's staying with me is, why did the Browns not have Joe Flacco ready? Why did they feel like Joe Flacco still deserved to be on the practice squad at that point and wasn't eligible for that game? I, I don't know. Is he simply just a novelty play for the Browns? Did they sign Joe Flacco with no intention of actually using Joe Flacco? Because wouldn't that have been the perfect situation? End of the third quarter, DTR gets injured. If Joe Flacco had been elevated the way he was supposed to be from the practice squad, the way he should have been, he steps in. All he does is hand the ball off to Jerome Ford, hand the ball off to Pierre Strong, check down Charlie, and then you have a chance in a game you're down five. Instead, P.J. Walker comes in and all of a sudden is heaving up 40, 50-yard passes like he's Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite. Look how far I can throw the ball. And nobody cares, P.J., you're not good. Please stop throwing the ball that far. We don't need you to. We just need you to throw the ball five yards and then let this running game that we have right now where Jerome Ford is averaging six yards a pop in the game to let him be a running back. It just, it makes no sense to me. So I want to hear from you guys. 216-474-0092. If you want to let the light bulb on the top of my brain go off, you want to give me some enlightenment into, into how we got in this situation, I just don't understand why Flacco wasn't ready in time. And, and I'm going to blame Stefanski, and I'll blame Andrew Barry, and I'll blame everyone involved for not having him ready in time because there's no excuses. They once again didn't think about what's what would happen in the worst-case scenario. Uh, do they just walk around there looking like the Lego man? You know, that everything is awesome. Do they just walk around thinking like everything's always going to work out well for them? They don't ever think about the worst case scenario involving the most important position in the sport. Time and time again this year, they've just failed to recognize what they need to do at that spot in any given week. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time they've made a, a just a befuddling quarterback decision... I could retire. It's incredible to me. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Daryl's going to lead us off here on the fan. Hello, Daryl. How are you doing, man? You know what? You know what, man? To be honest with you, nobody asked the question. Nobody thought about the scenario, and that's that's incompetence. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell that nobody in that room during that week stood up and said. Hey, so what if Doria goes down? Unless, and I'll tell you something else, somebody in that locker room loves PJ. Somebody <laughs> in that locker room has, has Kevin Stefanski convinced that PJ is something that he's not. The one thing that this team is missing is a true all-around football mind. Not analytics, not coaching one side of the ball, but a true football mind. That knows both sides of the ball. People don't understand how much preparation goes into winning the game. And it's not just getting the players on the field that's doing the work. It's also the people that ask those kind of questions. And obviously the Browns don't have that kind of mind in the building. Because Flacco was in, Flacco was in shorts. I mean, mm-hmm. Flacco was in street clothes. Mm-hmm. When he could have went out there and played the game that the first DTR game that Dorian Thompson played against Pittsburgh, Joe Flacco can play that game in his sleep. Yeah, yeah. In his sleep. So why wasn't he ready? I agree with you. Crazy. Thank you, Daryl. Good call. He's right. 
it comes down to having somebody around. He's right. He's absolutely right. They're missing that person around them to just kind of sit back, take a big picture, and say, that's, that's our plan? Your, your plan can't be P.J. Walker. Everyone knows P.J. Walker can't play the position. You benched him for a reason. You didn't bench him because you thought he was a good quarterback. Uh, maybe I just care too much about winning football games. I don't know. Uh, but how was that their plan? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. He's, he's saying like I just describe that guy. Oh, you guys aren't going to like this. But he's saying describe that guy that would be like the football guy that would understand both sides of the ball and would think about those things. John Dorsey might not have been the greatest in the world. John Dorsey always thought about those type of scenarios. I just hate in moments like this. I'm sitting here on a Tuesday and I'm wondering to myself, why is it that I'm talking about this? And they're not talking about this. Why, why, why is it that I'm coming up with these things? And I know I spend five hours a night talking about the Browns. So I spend an, a very large amount of my day thinking and discussing about this Browns team. But I've told you guys before, the thing that makes me the maddest, just the absolute maddest is when I feel like I put more time into thinking about this team than they do in any certain week. And that's how I felt watching Joe Flacco in street clothes. Either it's Kevin Stefanski. Believing his system is too complex, which is such an insult to Joe Flacco to suggest a 39-year-old Super Bowl champion can't figure out a dumbed-down version of your system in time to be backup quarterback, or nobody thought about it. Two one six four seven four to below ninety-two. Eric in Cam's corner up next. Hello, Eric. What's up, JP? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Eric. Um, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't, it's not my intention to throw any, any shade at anybody in the Browns, right? But I think when you, when you have that Ivy League education, I think there comes a certain amount of ego that goes with that. And you believe in what you believe in, and that's it. There's no other reason behind it. And I, I didn't think about this, but you, you pose a, a great question. Like, why, why wasn't he ready to go? I mean, the dude won a Super Bowl. I mean, what else does he need to be prepared for other than, you know, getting first downs or like you, like you mentioned, giving the ball to, to, uh, to uh, Ford, the running backs Ford yeah. or, or, or cream, right? My, they named left my head for a second there, but You're yeah, what, why wouldn't he be ready to do that? And, and more than anything, after that hit that, that DTR took, you, you needed somebody to be calm in the pocket mm-hmm. to get the guys together and say, Hey, listen, I, I got you. That's just, Keep, keep the momentum going because they were only down by five. Five. It was seventeen twelve. The, the game was right there, Eric. It, it wasn't a shellacking. I, I, I thought they started off too slow, and, and DTR started to pick it up, and, and, and things got got better, especially in that second and third quarter. But my God, I mean, I don't I don't have a problem with the play calling. I'll, I'll turn to Paige Stefanski's done a lot better with that. But whoever it is, if it's D Podesta, if it's Andrew Barry. Somebody is not making sound decisions in terms of personnel, who should dress and who shouldn't, especially the quarterback. Um, and, and we're so close. I mean, we got six games, but we don't have any error for margin in order to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so that's a great question, JP. I'm surprised nobody in the media asked it on Sunday, and I'm glad you're asking it today. That's why we're doing it. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah, two one six four seven four to below 92. Why was Flacco not ready in time? Uh, what part of this was so hard for the Browns? And I sometimes I do feel like they just they get so in to the weeds when it comes to this team. They just they forget the bigger picture. Maybe that's where I'm more in, in a better example or better headspace because I'm a sports radio host, so I can't think about uh, Jordan Kanashik 
or else all of a sudden I'm putting you guys to sleep because having a conversation about what practice players get elevated in any position that isn't quarterback is, I mean, that's, I'm turning you into zombies right in, right in front of, right in front of our own eyes here. That's all that would be happening. So I have to think big picture a lot of times. I got to think about the players that matter the most a lot of times. And quarterback is one of those spots. You got to get the quarterback spot right. So I, I just, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, what, what part of this world exist where six days isn't enough to get him to a spot where he can come in in a game. Not I'm not saying he starts the game. That's not what I'm saying. DTR had the right to start that game. That's fine. You want to tell me he doesn't have the playbook down in six days? That's fine. But in a spot where DTR gets injured, how is Joe Flacco not able to be in that game in the fourth quarter, down five, ready to hand the ball off and be a check down Charlie? Because when the moment P.J. Walker came in there, we all watched that game. As Mark Sanchez as my witness, we all knew what was coming. And it wasn't good for the Browns. 216-474-0092. Mike in Cleveland up next. What's up, Mike? Yeah, Joe Flacco's a mook. First of all, what do you call him? Like if we were gonna, if we were gonna put anything, any stone or whatever on this guy. You know what I mean? That we were we were eating eating the the chocolate, R- wrong way all the way. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I don't but, know what you mean, Mike. That's the problem. Now, listen, may, should I, maybe I should have known what a mook is. I didn't know what a mook is. I had a friend, an elementary school friend, whose dad called people mooks. I, is that common? Is that common language? Am I it's just like he's a goober? I got it. I looked it up, and I love that you use goober because that's what, one I use a lot. What's the official definition of MOOC? Now I'm dying to know. A stupid or incompetent person. <laughs> Actually, I kind of like it. It just sounds it sounds very non-FCC compliant, if you ask me. You know what I mean? I don't think that's a swear word. No, I, I don't think it is either. But it sounds like it definitely could have been in a different language. And I was like, wait, is, did he just speak some other language I didn't know? And now all of a sudden I'm laughing at MOOC? What does Mookie Blaylock think of such a thing? I don't know. I, these are just questions I think of. 216-474-0092. A lot of you guys are hanging. Hang tight, please. We'll get to you coming up on the other side. The question still remains. And, and uh, again, I, I just I don't understand it. Why was Flacco not ready in time to be the backup quarterback in this game? At what point did they think to themselves, P.J. Walker is the answer, and Joe Flacco can't simply hand off the ball, check down Charlie, and keep the Browns in the game? It's overtime. With John of the Beatle here with you on the fan. Why was Flacco not ready in time? It was was it them not thinking the entire game plan through and, and what would happen if DTR got injured the way that he did? What I do know is when DTR got injured, there was 11 seconds left in the third quarter. Browns were down five. The score was 17-12. The score was not 37-12. It was 17-12. That would have been the perfect opportunity to have Joe Flacco come in, check down Charlie, hand off easy plays, and go from there. But Joe Flacco wasn't eligible to come in because they didn't take him up and promote him from the practice squad on Friday. They consciously had to think about the idea that if DTR got injured, P.J. Walker was going to be the answer. And I can't believe that that was their thought process. If I give them the benefit of the doubt and assume they thought these things through, which I don't even know that it's true, that means their thought process was an auto loss the moment that P.J. Walker stepped onto the field. P.J. Walker's not winning you any games. We saw that. He's not doing it when you're coming from the fourth quarter down. He's not going to be able to erase that deficit. I just It's mind-blowing to me. 
absolutely mind-blowing that the, the wizardry attached to the offense and everything that people think about Kevin Stefanski and everybody else, and I like Stefanski, but everything everyone thinks about Stefanski and everyone else, they thought six days wasn't enough time to get Joe Flacco. I'm not saying he was starting. It's not what I'm saying. Just get him ready enough to be able to hand the ball off, check down, bubble screens, and then keep the offense moving and not do that act that P.J. Walker has done his whole entire time that we've seen him play here where he just goes rogue and chucks the ball 50 yards down the field like he's trying to be Uncle Rico and Napoleon Dynamite. 216-474-0092. Andrew and West Park up next on The Fan. What's up, Andrew? How are we doing, guys? Hey, man. So I think from what you guys were saying earlier, you guys are exactly right when it comes to uh, Stefanski getting in his own head thinking that Flacco can't understand the system. Well, Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl champion. He's 39 years old, like you guys said. You really don't think he can hit his check down. You have 20 seconds for Stefanski to tell him to play. You can also tell him, hey, Z's running a deep post, right? Mm -hmm. You really think that P.J. Walker, who came from the Indianapolis Colts and the XFL, could run this offense better than Joe Flacco when he could have came in and handed the ball off. Thank you, guys. That's all I have to say. All right, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate you. Yeah, like, like in one corner, you got what I know to be P.J. Walker, which I'm just going to say his game is equivalent to a flaming pile of dog dude. And I, maybe maybe you don't think Joe Flacco's anything. That's fine. But I'll take the mystery box over the certainty of the flaming pile of dog doo-doo that is P.J. Walker's football game right now. I'll take the I'll take that that little mystery box, and maybe Joe Flacco ends up being the same exact thing. I don't know, but that, that would give me a much better chance than what I already know to be true, which is P.J. Walker can't play. Can't play. I don't want to see him take another snap for the rest of the year. 216-474 to below 92. Ron and Madison listening on the Odyssey app up next. What's up, Ron? Hey, thanks for taking my call, Jonathan. Oh, thanks for making it. What's up? No, I just want to say, man, I'm really uh, happy with your show tonight. I want a new uh, new name for the show, uh, Keeping It Real with JP. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, I believe, I mean, you're right. Definitely with the Flacco thing, I think they should have got him in. And right, right, right away, bring him into the room. Let him learn the book. You know, basically, just a couple plays, uh, you know, last resource kind of plays. But, no, they didn't mm-hmm. even give it a chance. I mean, we got Dobbs. He calls in uh, Carolina, what, a couple days before even you know a few days before the Minnesota game, he's and he's starting. Um, Baker Baker goes in, mm-hmm. goes in, boom over to uh, California. He starts two days later. But they think this thirty-nine-year-old Flacco couldn't handle a couple plays. Um, it drives me crazy. Um, I think the guy earlier with the Ivy League and the ego, and I think that's true because Stefanski is definitely in his own head with this, and he just simplest decisions he tries. It seems like he just screws them up. It really bugs me with that. Yeah, I just don't know what you've done. I will. Thank you, Ron. I appreciate you. Appreciate you listening as always. It's just it's mind blowing to me. How insulting is that to Joe Flacco that they didn't think he could learn a couple plays a day to get him to six days worth of practices and such, and six days of being around the team to learn a whopping twelve plays in, in case DTR got in trouble and got in a bad situation, you could throw him out there. I mean, my good, the dude has been playing for twenty years. You think he doesn't know how to just turn around and hand the ball off? You think he can't do bubble screens until the cows come home? How insulting is that by the Browns to not think Joe Flacco can do that? I know he can do it. We watched him do it for years. We watched him do it in route to winning a Super Bowl. Uh, the nerve almost. 
216-474-0092. Mitchell and Mayfield up next. What's up, Mitchell? Hey, Jonathan. Love the show. How you doing? Thank you, Mitchell. What's up? Uh, I was just calling in um, just to talk about P.J. Walker here for a second. Um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 29 attempts here on Sunday. Uh, long completion at 23 yards. P.J. Walker, only 13 attempts. Long completion at 26 yards. Okay? He can push the ball down the field. And I know you said he, he threw the ball way out of bounds to Eli Moore in that one throw, but at least he's airing it out. Um, in the three games that he's thrown over 30 or more passes, Browns are 2-1. and one. And my buddies are sending me all these stats that, hey, he's – P.J. Walker had one of the worst games on Sunday, this, that. P.J. Walker also didn't take any snaps with the first team this week. In the in the only game that he got, uh, excuse me, snaps with the first team during the week, Seattle, uh, it turns out highest QBR. You know, how about we let the guy play? You heard how Miles Garrett talked about him after the Seattle game. He's a dog. Let the guy play. Let him air it out. I'm for P.J. Walker. Let's see what he can do. Thanks, Jonathan. I'll hang up now. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate you. Mitchell, you, you just you just love watching the ball go deep is all you like. And it's not even being completed. You just got tired. I know what happened. You just got tired of watching five-yard passes all day. That's what happened to you. I understand it. Football is your entertainment every Sunday. I get it. What, what you're watching when you watch Dorian Thompson-Robinson might not be the most electric thing in the world, but it is better than what you saw with P.J. Walker. And I'm glad you brought up the practice reps. It's another part that I have on this Joe Flacco discussion. Why is it, if I'm, if I'm to believe that Joe Flacco wasn't, I, he wasn't active. We know he wasn't active. We saw him in street clothes. Then am I also led to believe that Joe Flacco wasn't getting the backup quarterback reps in practice as well? So PJ Walker was getting those two, which is absolute banana lands when Joe Flacco might be the starting quarterback this upcoming week. Joe Flacco might be the starting quarterback two weeks from now, three weeks from now. We don't know what DTR's concussion symptoms are like. But even if even if it was healthy, if DTR looked abysmal, Joe Flacco was next man up. P.J. Walker was not next man up. But according to the Browns all week, if he was the backup quarterback, P.J. Walker likely was taking the number two reps. 216-474-0092. That guy in Cleveland up next. What's up, that guy? Hey, yo, what's up, JP? Hey, How's it going? Good, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right, you know, just sort of taking over my life choices as a brown fan. Um, you, you and know, me both, that guy. You and me both. <laughs> Before I get to it, um, I will say say something that, that kind of was funny to me uh, on the game day. Um, my father said something kind of funny, like, just before I left the house uh, to go back home to my place, and I was, like, saying how... how um, oh, what was it? Depressing. Oh, yeah. I was saying how depressing depressing this game was, and he was like, well, at least we are depressing as a family. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Uh, That's good. That's good. I, I yeah. met your dad. I like your dad. He's a good man. Yeah, thanks. Well, all right. So about this Flacco thing, I mean, it does puzzle me as well. I mean, like, if I really, like, I was really thinking about it, I was like, all right, I guess the best reasoning that I could possibly come up with for this is that he just, I, I think that they want to give him more time to be familiar with the team and the playbook before they set him out there. I mean, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, how much time do you actually, how much time do you need in this, in this instance? And thank you, that guy. I appreciate you, man. I, in this instance, I don't think you need the world to have him be the backup quarterback in case. In case something happens like it did where DTR got injured. 
11 seconds left in the third quarter. We're down five. Score was 17-12. We needed a real quarterback in that situation. P.J. Walker wasn't it. He should have been in there, Joe Flacco, that is. P.J. Walker never should have been even given the option to go in there, but the Browns didn't think about it. They either didn't think about it or they were willfully ignorant to the whole entire thing, which is even worse. Adam and Akron. I, okay, I like this. is a different thought that we haven't heard yet. Adam and Akron, go ahead. What's up, JP? And actually, I was going to say the same thing. Like, nobody's nobody's talking about this, and, and it's being game ready, okay? A lot of what we've heard comparisons are Baker Mayfield going to, to L.A. We've heard Josh Dobbs going to Minnesota. Well, the difference is those guys were on other teams the week before. Those guys had training camps. Those guys had OTRs. Those guys had game reps. Joe Flacco was on the couch, okay? It's, it's not a mental thing. Joe Flacco can learn a playbook. That's not the problem. But to be prepared to be the backup quarterback means you have to be prepared to play 59 minutes and 59 seconds of a game if your starter goes out. And there's no way in the NFL being at that level that after six days, especially being 39 years old, that you can be ready. It doesn't matter what you're doing at home. Uh, how much you're working out, how much you're doing anything, like, you have to get back into shape. And the same thing was with Kareem Hunt. And I know it's a different position and it's it's a different, different workload and it's yeah. different everything, but, you know, being an NFL quarterback, uh, now, mind you, I've never been one, okay, but I know it's got to be demanding on your body, um, mentally and physically. Yeah, but so, I'm, not, I'm also, though, I'm Adam, I'm not asking him to be Lamar Jackson out there. He was a statue last year. He could be a statue sure. and hand the ball off to Jerome Ford. Sure. You know? Oh, of course, of course. Um, but even, you're even talking about his arm. Because if you, if you go through those six days of practice, now we know that PJ Walker was a backup. So Joe Flacco was getting virtually probably no work. I mean, his Which work that, is that in and of itself is a crime on the Browns' uh, behalf right there. I, completely agree, but I think that that's a lot of the reason. I think that they just looked at him as an insurance policy down the road if they needed it. Well, that unfortunately happened right away. So he should get a lot more reps, a lot more work, and everything this week, and now he can suit up. Now he can be ready, but I would have never expected him to be ready after six days after coming off the couch and after not even playing close to a full season last year. You know, you gotta you gotta make sure your body's ready because what's the worst thing that could have happened was all right, let's let Joe Flacco be the backup quarterback. All right, DTR gets hurt. We put Joe Flacco in there. He's physically not ready. Now he gets hurt. Now what? So now we have See, but these, Walker, these are the things are, Adam, Adam, these are the things and I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I we're up against it here. But these are the things it's a good call. These are the things though that bother me. Because if you're going to get someone like Joe Flacco, and it's fine, get Joe Flacco if you want Joe Flacco, but when you have P.J. Walker as your backup quarterback now, you're living every week with the idea that if DTR gets injured, you're just done. That game doesn't exist to you anymore if you don't think you can get Joe Flacco there in time. When they brought Joe Flacco in and he threw eight passes for them and they decided that was enough, they liked what they saw, that had to be the guy that could be ready in six days. That had to be the guy with that arm right there. And again, I'm not asking him to be Lamar. I'm not asking him to use his legs. Hand the ball off. Throw the ball five yards. You can't do that. We shouldn't have signed you to begin with.
I leave that there. Uh, while you guys are hanging, we'll get back to this at 820. We got a Miles Garrett thing we got to get into as well. But I'm excited for our next guest. His name is Dominic Alford. He's a local kid done good, Shaker Heights, played at Minnesota, and played for your Brownies. He'll join us next with the latest in the Browns. It's overtime with Jonathan Beetle here with you on the fan.